Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Geek Town Radio episode 69. I'm Dave Elliott and I have with me Amanda. Hello! Hello! Oh, hang on, hang on. I love reading books, it's fun. There you go. No, no. <laughs> so how are you doing? Good, thanks. How's things? It's it's going well. What have you been up to? Lots of Oranges the New Black. <laughs> yes. Um, lots of Game of Thrones. Yes. Speaking of, oh my god. Yes, yes. Game of Thrones um, this week was uh, insane. Insane. Just, just, there was a, there was a great um, quote from uh, Art Parkinson, who's the guy that plays Rickon, going, had, he was on Twitter saying, had a good run, hashtag should have zigzagged. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when the actors tweet stuff like that. Like last week, um, Maisie Williams tweeted, the bitch is back, hashtag, <laughs> are you from the block? <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. That's it's great. They are really so good. good. Really, really it's, good. It's the Stark characters that are killing it. Because um, yeah. the, the actor that played Bran as well after the, the Hodor episode um, <laughs> was just like, oh, nice one, Bran. <laughs> Straight after that episode. <laughs> yeah. I saw that. No, they're, they're really good. And then they did a thing on Thronecast afterwards where they were sort of showing the evolution of that character from season one to now yeah. and how much it's just changed. It's just amazing. You know, she's gone from being this kind of little girl that wanted to marry a prince to this kind of hardened bitch. She's amazing now. Yeah. I was completely, I was just like cheering for that end scene. <laughs> She is amazing. Um, she's we were last night. I, I saw the similarities between her and Catelyn as well. Yes, yeah, there is there is a certain amount of of that coming up. It's interesting because there's been loads of rumours floating floating around about um, whether a version of Catelyn Stark may make an appearance. Yeah, I saw those because she does in the book. Yes, yes, she comes back as a character called Lady Stoneheart in the book. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know whether that's going to happen or not, but um, it could be, uh, that's that's certainly a possibility. Yeah. There's yeah. also been quite a few rumours floating around that Sansa might be pregnant. Yes, I saw that because of the remark that um, he makes about um, I'm part of you forever or something. Yeah. There's, there's a comment that he makes before she feeds him to the dogs. <laughs> and everybody <laughs> like cheers. Off, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. What a, what a way to finish him off. That was oh, super. amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, said that, I feel like they need to bring in another 
antagonist. Yeah, they are a little short on major kind of antagonists at the moment, which does make me wonder whether they are going to bring somebody quite big in yeah. um, in the next episode. You know, because as a finale piece, that would yeah. make sense. Or uh, whether Felice is going to take on that role now. Yes, possibly. Everyone in in Westeros is her enemy. Yeah, that was that was fantastic. Her having the three dragons out as well. Oh, amazing. Just just brilliant. Uh, and she actually seems to have full control over them as well, which is good. And uh, Peter Dinklage uh, didn't get in too much trouble. For, for, yes, which is always good. <laughs> um, Greg and I have actually got into this, um, the, the Game of Thrones card game, which oh, I've yeah. checked out, but it's so good. Oh, cool. No, I haven't. It's got the same sort of mechanics as Magic the Gathering. Yeah, okay. But, but it really captures the power struggle. Because you play as a family. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you get like little chapter decks every month or so, so you can add new cards into your deck. Hmm. Um, but you you build a, a deck of, of a house. Right, okay. And it does really capture the power struggle, and it's got quite a lot of um, things in there that are, are, re- are related to the show. Um, and it, it's so good. Yeah. I'd recommend. All right, I will have to look that up. That sounds really good. Yeah, they do um, little the starter packs. So that's a, a good place to, to start with it. Ah, well, I shall, I shall go and have a look next time I'm, I'm near some shop that sells that sort of thing i will yeah i'll go and have a look yeah <laughs> speaking of games have you seen um the, the dark souls board game there's been through like oh, no. No. that looks amazing oh okay they have um apparently it, it's like the actual video game it, you you die quite frequently <laughs> it's quite hard but they they have um actual models of the the monsters and they're just like stunningly made oh wow that's that's good it's like the um star wars board game has loads of of models of the ships and stuff and they're really detailed it's yeah. really good so yeah i saw the millennium falcon one of those and yeah. they're so detailed like it even has the little antenna that moves and <laughs> Yeah, really yeah. cool. <laughs> no, you love those sort of things. They're great. Um, so, uh, so what else? What else have we been doing? That's about it, to be honest. So, Orange is the New Black. How far are, through are you? Uh, I'm a few. I'm about three or four episodes in. Okay. Okay. The, yes. Ha- have you been watching it? Yes. Yes, I have finished. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I binge watched it, it compared to the others. I I think it's stronger than last season. Um, oh, okay. I I there's. I really don't want to give anything away. Okay, um, but, so but, disappointed with the first episode. Stick with it because it, it, it is a little slow to get going. But once it it gets into its pace, it's it's a kind of you know. Um, I know it's one o'clock in the morning, but I think I'll watch another one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing! I'll have to watch them tonight then. Yeah, I'm enjoying Piper walking around thinking that she's a badass. Yeah, yes. <laughs> when she playing isn't. <laughs> yes, that's that's been really good. Um, you might want to have. Two Tissues ready towards the end. I will. I will just say that. Oh, okay. Towards the end of the series. Um, oh no! So I feel like someone's going to die. No, you said that. Well, no, I, I'm not saying that. But oh, you know, okay. yeah. I've instantly just in my head gone through all my favourite characters. Like no. <laughs> but yes, I. So I. I will leave it at that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's really good this season. I think it's it's really up to its game again. I I felt the ending last season was okay, but it, it the ending was a bit weird and you know it, it yeah. didn't pace particularly well. The ending of this season is is non conventional, but I, I I would say um but I it works really well, I think. I like a non conventional ending. Yeah. So um 
yeah it, no it's it's really good i've really been enjoying um that this season um, um i'm gonna binge tonight then yeah so so <laughs> binge your way through those i will <laughs> um so yeah i've been doing that obviously game of thrones um billions as well which i finished this week uh which is a great show um if you've got i, I imagine that's on now tv because it's a it's an hbo show uh, yeah my mom is obsessed with it really yeah like really obsessed with it yeah that's really good um proper kind of hbo gritty acting so well done the 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 financial stuff is is a bit difficult to follow sometimes but you get the kind of gist of it and yeah where it's going yeah. so that's really good no, uh, need- so that yeah that's worth watching uh legends of tomorrow ended as well so uh there was that which had a a um new character turn up right at the end in the form of um the your, your guy from suits um as our man <laughs> popped up right at the very end so uh that set things up quite interestingly for the next season uh there was a couple of little news stories as well um i, I assume you saw the anton yeltsin, yeltsin yeah. story which was just tragic yeah. um and uh, you know this is this has been everywhere in the news but the uh the the actor that played Chekhov was killed in a, a bizarre car accident where basically he parked it on a on a slope in his drive went behind the car to by the looks of it to get something out of it and the car rolled backwards and crushed him um and and, he's 27 years old uh, just heartbreaking uh really really heartbreaking so um there is actually a show which I posted about on the website last week called Troll Hunters, which is a uh, by the Toro, um, the director, and it's an animated series. And he was providing one of the voices for it, and he'd done quite a bit of the work on it. But uh, that so that that's been put on hold for the moment because they're not sure what they're going to do, how they're going to approach that, whether they're just going to have to record, re-record everything, or. or what but uh and they've also been cancelling press events for star trek in Cannes um this week as well obviously because they didn't think it was appropriate um so yeah really unfortunately is 2006 really needs to stop taking talented people away it really does (laughs) it's been really bad for it um and the other thing that that came out this week was the trailer for westworld which is the new HBO show based on the film by uh, Michael Critchen. So I don't know that you've seen any of that. No, I haven't. That's worth going and watching later. Uh, it's up on well, the website. Uh, and are you aware of Westworld? I'm it, not actually. Right. Okay. West, Westworld is it's kind of because the you know, the guy behind it is the guy behind Jurassic Park. So, okay. Well, that's so, good. And it's essentially it's the the idea is sort of Jurassic Park um, esque in that it is set in a theme park, but the idea behind it is that the, the theme park is populated by androids who are relatively indistinguishable from humans and things go awry in the park uh, the TV show is taking the basis of some of the androids becoming self-aware it's set in a, a uh, the, it's called Westworld because it's set in a sort of um, western environment basically oh cool so yeah stars um, Sir Anthony Hopkins is one of the one of the main um, characters in it 
Um, it's got various other people in it. Um, it looks really good and solid and, you know, a good HBO show. It's coming later in the year. I think it's due sort of autumn-ish. So, the Independent has run with an article saying Westwood trailer, new HBO series, looks like the perfect Game of Thrones replacement. Yes, that- that's a big claim. Uh, well, I th- I think I think that's sort of where they're pitching it. Um, yeah. Because Game of Thrones probably only has a couple more seasons left in it. Yeah. And they have said that, and they've said that the next couple of seasons may be shorter runs. So I think that's where they're aiming it. They're aiming it as being the next big show that will be able to fill the Game of Ho- uh, Thrones gap that they're going to have come 2020. Uh, so, so yes, check that out. It's worth watching. If there's nothing else, we may as well move on to a bit of uh, film and TV news. Sounds good. Film and TV news. <laughs> so most of the film and TV news this week is um, based around DC shows for, for no other reason just than there happens to be a lot of DC news around this week. <laughs> First story is... It was announced this week that Flash, uh, well, the the first episode of Flash um, has got a name. Um, Grant Gustin tweeted it out after getting permission from Greg Belanti. That was quite sweet, actually. The, um, Grant Gustin posted a thing basically saying, I've uh, I've read the first script. It's brilliant. Don't want to say any more. And uh, Greg Belanti then tweeted him going, you can tell him the title if you want. <laughs> so, so he was like, yes, it's official. It's Flashpoint. Now, are you aware of Flashpoint in the comic books? I'm not actually. Okay. So uh, in the comic books, Flashpoint was the big event that rebooted the entire DC universe into what they called the new 52. And what they did when New 52 arrived was reset all the numberings of all their comic books back to number one. So the idea was that it gave, New 52 gave a kind of starting point. And, and Flashpoint was the kind of crisis event that lent them to, up to that. So what happens is Barry wakes up to discover that he doesn't have any powers, walks out of his house and discover his mother is alive. Has no idea what's going on. Uh, Captain Cold is apparently the protector of Central City. Superman doesn't exist. The Flash doesn't exist. The Justice League aren't there. Wonder Woman and Ackerman are, are, are merrily destroying most of Europe. Um, <laughs> and Batman's no-kill policy has uh, been thrown out of the window, much like a, any criminal he manages to get hold of. So Barry decides to go to the Batcave and uh, talk to Batman because world's greatest detective, so, you know, may be able to help him out. Discovers that it's Thomas Wayne, not Bruce Wayne under the cowl because it's Bruce that got shot when they got accosted in the alley not Thomas so he's no idea who Barry is he discovers sort of through various events he discovers Earbod Thorne's reverse flash costume so assumes that he must be the person that's caused all the problems and the time changes uh, Barry manages to convince his Batman to repeat the uh, experiment that turned him into the flash which is something that we actually saw, saw on the flash TV show last season the, which is something that they did where Barry lost his powers and they had to get his powers back uh they eventually managed to catch up with Thorne, who reveals that it wasn't Thorne that caused the problem. It was Barry going back and stopping Thorne killing his mother that caused the time issues. And if that sounds familiar, that's basically how they left the Flash this season. 
<laughs> so that's why. Oh. The interesting thing about this will be that uh, Flash comes back on the 4th of October in the US, followed by Arrow on the 5th, then Supergirl the following Monday, and Legends the Thursday after that. So they're all running fairly tightly together. If that Flashpoint storyline isn't resolved in that one episode, that's going to have repercussions potentially across all four shows or at least all three shows because Supergirl, Supergirl technically is still a separate kind of universe but that potentially could have issues across the other shows so it may be that you find characters coming back to life that were dead <laughs> you know it may be that you've got a different person playing Green Arrow I, you don't know so I don't know whether they're going to play with it that far or or not but um, it, I mean it was such a major event in the books it's, it's going to be interesting to see whether they do cross that over or whether they do try and wrap it all up in one one episode and what changes that brings as well yeah so, so no, that would be, be really good. interesting to see yeah I mean it's going to be a good month for DC fans yes yes October is going to be a very good month um Moving on to Supergirl, um, we mentioned last week that they were going to put Superman in the show, which they hadn't done up until this point. He'd basically been backlit so you couldn't see his face when he had shown up, or been a very, very long way away. <laughs> See, that's where they've used him. <laughs> so they, they'd not really used Superman in the show, and we assume that was kind of a rights issue, but, uh, you know, because they're using him on the films. But they announced last week that they were going to cast him in the first two episodes of the the uh, show, which sort of makes sense because it was it would have got a bit ridiculous with Superman never showing up. Yeah, you know. Um, and the man they've cast is uh, Tyler Hochelin, I believe his name is. Uh, you will know him from Team Wolf if you've ever watched episodes of Team Wolf. He played one of the characters on there, uh, Derek Hale. He played on Team oh, Wolf. Okay, oh, uh, he was good Superman. Yes, uh, so. He, he, you know, he's he's got the kind of dark hair, square jaw, fit looking kind of lad. So I, I think um, I think he's a really good pick. I was sort of hoping that they might use Tom Welling, but he might be a bit old for it now. Um, so, uh, but I, I think that's a good choice. I think that's a really good choice. I know the uh, the guys behind the shows had, had said that they were very keen to work with him, so it sort of makes sense. But yeah, there's a good bit of casting that, I think. Yeah, I think so. Moving on to Legends of Tomorrow, they've added a new character called Citizen Steel. One of the things that has been floating around and we talked a bit about last week is the fact that they're, they're adding quite a lot of characters from Earth 2's uh, Justice Society. Um, and Citizen Steel is one of the, the characters that kind of come through from that. It's a guy called Nick Zano, um, who they've cast uh, you may recognize him from a character called johnny on two broke girls he also played a character called pete on happy endings and he's appeared in melrose place and 90210 the revamp that they did sorry i like that i became obsessively like unhealthily obsessed with <laughs> what 90210 yeah like really embarrassingly obsessed with it <laughs> oh dear <laughs> um, the character of Citizen Steel uh, he's also known as Commander Steel he's also confusingly known as Steel because there is another DC character that's also called Steel um, first introduced in 1939 as Steel the Indestructible Man there's been various versions of the character mainly kind of you know fathers or grandfathers kind of handing stuff down to their kids and things uh, so it, the, the first version was a character called Henry Haywood then there were 
was Henry Hank Haywood III. Um, the version they're going for in the comic books is Dr. Nate Haywood, who is a historian whose grandfather was Commander Steele in the Justice Society of America. Um, it doesn't actually say whether he's going to kind of become Steele in this. It, the, the character's becomes, in most cases, has become steel by having an accident and being injected by this kind of living steel that hardens all their uh, all their body to, to so they become bulletproof and all sorts of things so that seems to be the version that they're going for anyway uh, i mean it doesn't say that they are going to um, turn him into into citizen steel but it certainly sounds like it's going to be that way if you if you've got a grandfather that was the character as well <laughs> so <laughs> otherwise why would you introduce him so yeah. <laughs> uh, so yes yeah, so there's that um and gotham gotham announced a whole bunch more things as well today we mentioned last week that um vicky vale we thought would come was coming onto the show actually that was slightly wrong they've now released the name and it's a character called valerie vale coming to Gotham in season three. Uh, it's Vicky Vale's aunt, and it's played by Once Upon a Time's Mulan, Jamie Chung. So that's the character that's that's coming on. She's also an investigative reporter. She's um, looking into what's going on at Indian Hills and is determined to get the, to the bottom of uh, the you know, why there are suddenly all these crazy people running around Gotham. They've confirmed a bunch of new villains as well. Mad Hatter, they've now confirmed, he's definitely uh, going to turn up, along with his sidekicks Tweedledum and Tweedledee. Talon, who is the assassin for the Court of Owls, who the Court of Owls appeared at the end of the second season, so uh, he will be making an appearance as well, which sort of makes sense. That will be quite fun because he's sort of Batman-esque. You know, he's he's sort of owl-based and he's kind of evil and assassin, but he is very Batman-esque in kind of styling and stuff. So it'd be interesting to see how they handle that. There are also plans to introduce Solomon Grundy, who's this ginormous hulking kind of guy who is reborn every time he's killed so uh that'll be interesting to see what they do with that and there was an interesting little rumor that pops up have you do, i don't know whether you do follow gotham i don't actually okay it's, it's a really good show um there was an inter- interesting little rumor that that came up there's a character called jerome who was killed off by theo gallivan part way through the second season the second season ends with a bunch of villains being released out the back of a van but you can't really see faces and stuff it's sort of all blurred out um one of the things if you listen to the audio very carefully is there is a joker-esque laugh that goes over the the top of of that bit of the soundtrack um and hugo strange who was the main kind of antagonist for season two had a habit of reanimating dead people so there is a suggestion that it may be that we'll see Jerome return as a more completed version of the Joker in the next season. Oh. So that that could be good. Yeah. Now that's really cool. Yeah. So yes, lots of interesting things happening on Gotham. And last bit of news was there was a pile of stuff that landed about the Justice League movie today, including the synopsis for the film, which is uh, fueled by his restored faith in humanity and inspired by Superman's selfless act, Bruce Wayne enlists the help of his newly found ally, Diana Prince, uh, to face an even greater enemy. Together, Batman and Wonder Woman work quickly to find and recruit a team of metahumans to stand against a newly awakened threat. But despite the formation of this unprecedented League of Heroes, Batman, Wonder 
Woman, Aquaman, Cyborg, and The Flash, it may already be too late to save the planet from an assault cast- of catastrophic proportions. I don't think it will. I'm sure they'll manage to save things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, this brings everybody back. Obviously, Ben Affleck, Godot, Gal- uh, um, Ezra Miller, as we know, is playing The Flash on the big screen. Jason Momoa turns up as Aquaman. Ray Fisher is playing Cyborg. Although a lot of that character will apparently be CGI, they will be using his face but and motion capture, but it's going to be quite a lot of, cyber, of um, CGI stuff. And um, although he, he did seem somewhat dead after his meeting with Doomsday at the end of the movie, Henry Cavill, I, I'm fairly sure, will turn up at some point. So... Um, <laughs> Amy Adams is coming back as Lois Lane. Jeremy Irons is coming back as Batman, as uh, Batman, as Batman's butler, Alfred. Uh, Jesse Emberg has also confirmed that he is coming back as Lex Luthor. Um, new characters we've got is J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon, Amber Heard as Mira, who is sort of love interest for Aquaman, and William Defoe, who we thought might be playing a villain, but it turns out he's playing a character called Volko. And Volko is an Atlantean politician and uh, a close advisor to Aquaman. So uh, what is... Me- new characters yes yeah i mean there's a lot of characters in there but yeah, yeah. um Sounds like J.K. Simmons joining. Yeah, J.K. Simmons is a really interesting choice for Commissioner Gordon. There's been photos of him floating around recently. I don't know whether you've seen them, where he's obviously been working out and he's like huge and buff. And <laughs> oh, no, I haven't seen those. <laughs> yeah, you should go and look. They're, they're fantastic. Um, so, yeah, he's he's been obviously working out. For, I think he's working out for a film role at the moment, but whether he'll stay like that for when he takes over as Commissioner Gordon, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of new characters in there. They've also announced that the big bad for the film is a character called Steppenwolf, um, which may sound like a 70s prog rock band, but um, (laughs) if you're familiar with the name, if you're not familiar with the name, um, he's Uncle and Lieutenant to the supervillain Darkseid, who Darkseid being the ruler of the planet Apocalypse, and he's also the commands all the military forces, including the flying parademons that we got a glimpse of in Batman v Superman in Batman's dream sequences. He does actually, Steppenwolf does show up as a sort of big armoured thing in some deleted scenes on the Batman versus Superman DVD. So they obviously had this idea in mind when they were kind of moving forward. And if you've, uh, you've seen Batman V Superman, haven't you? Yeah. 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 Uh, the, you know, the, the kind of nightmare dream sequence when he's in the desert and there's a big, there's things like the parademons that are flying down and there's a big Amiga symbol on the floor. Yeah. All that sort of stuff is basically directly related to this. Um, the issue I had with it in that movie is the fact that none of it made any real sense uh, in that film i liked it it looked lovely but i didn't think it needed to be there at all because it's all preview stuff for basically for the justice league movie but there was no sensible reason for it being there unless they're suddenly going to explain that later on of how he's having premonitions of the future uh, yeah so, i don't know it's weird um yeah so um so yes but what do you think that that sound sounded yeah, good that- that sounds brilliant. I'm looking yeah, forward to. Cool. Yeah, it, it's um, it looks good. To out, um, it's not out till November next year. That movie, so there's a while to wait yet, and that's only the first half of it. And then the second half is 2019. The second half, oh. <laughs> so, so it's a so, long wait time. Yeah, they are quite spaced out, unfortunately. They are rubbish. So. <laughs> 
um so yes but uh yeah so that that's all the dc stuff oh no there's one more dc story as well um which i recently came across uh and just before i came on air which is they're adding another archer to arrow to go with the four that they've already got at the moment <laughs> so yeah they're, they're adding a new old character to arrow um it's um evelyn sharp who appeared in season four of the show she turned up in person Black Canary um, in the episode Canary Cry. So she's now coming back. It sounds like she's going to be sort of semi-regular. She turns up in the second episode and um, she's playing a character called Artemis who is sort of loosely based on various characters in the um, comic books she she's basically another archer that gets taken under the wing of arrow and becomes sort of you know another sidekick yeah. but i'm just i'm kind of at the point where do you, there are so many more interesting characters you could bring into that show that why would you bring in some sort of minor semi-made-up character that's yeah. that's an archer you know, yeah, I know what you mean. It, it just, I mean, it seems a bit pointless. And that they're going to have um, Roy Harper is going to come back. You've got Speedy there already. They're bringing Arsenal back for some of next season as well. You've you've got Merlin. I mean, okay, he's a bad guy, but you've got Merlin there. You've got Arrow there. It it just seems a bit like kind of. I know the show's called Arrow, but yeah. you don't need that many archers on it. You can find yeah. somebody slightly more interesting. Bring in one of the Bat crew. You know, I would love to have seen you know Nightwing or even a Batgirl or something that's just slightly more interesting. Yeah. yeah, something different, something that's a bit more interesting. But um, anyway. Yeah, so it, it it looks like they're they're adding another archer to the show. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it needed it. Look. Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Hello>. So, anyway, <laughs> Right. Um, moving on, we have an interview coming up. Interview. <laughs> so the interview this week is with James Levine, who is the composer for Netflix show Bloodlines. He also writes all the music for Isolian Isles, uh, writes the music for Major Crimes and The Last Ship, which is, is due back reasonably soon, actually, on Sky. He's he previously wrote all the um, orchestral music for Glee. He worked on Nip Tuck, so um, he's been around you know a while and uh, writes some wonderful and great stuff. Uh, we actually spoke to him about twelve months ago, so he's back this time. We're talking more about Bloodlines, um, which he hadn't started on, I think, when we spoke to him before. So uh, we talk about Bloodlines. We talk about stuff coming up on Rizzoli and Isles and on the Last Ship. Um, so here's James. We'll hope you enjoy this. We'll talk to you later. Hi, James. Hey, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for coming on and, and uh, talking to me again. Uh, of course. Yeah, it, my pleasure. It, it's been about 12 months, I think, since we spoke last time. It's almost 
I, yeah, yeah. I, like dead on a year. Um, so how are you doing? Uh, what have you been up to? Um, how, how's the last 12 months been? <laughs> Everything's good, man. I can't complain. I'm happy to still be making music and um, working on some great shows. You know, doing uh, Bloodline was a great thing to work on, you know, which is probably what we're talking about. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it was really, it's been a good year. I can't complain. Yeah. More, I'm older. I don't know if I'm wiser. <laughs> I'm here. Yeah, I know the feeling. <laughs> so, as I say, we spoke to you before. Do you want to just give us a, a quick uh, background for people that missed you on the uh, first time around? Yeah, just- sure. Uh, my name is Jimmy Levine. On screen, I go by James or James S. Levine, um, film and television composer living in Los Angeles. I've been here for almost 20 years now. Got my start going up in Boston as a piano player and playing in bands and then got into scoring to picture when I was in college and then moved to Los Angeles uh, and was lucky enough to intern and sort of apprentice with Hans Zimmer and some other great composers, Jeff Rona um, and that team there. And uh, fortunately, uh, got some breaks along the way and scored Nip Tuck, then The Closer, Damages, Glee, American Horror Story, (laughs) World Pains. Brazilian Isles, Major Crimes, <laughs> now Bloodline, which is a great new show on Netflix or second season on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going really well, the uh, the Netflix show. How did you get involved with that? Well, I had done, actually worked on uh, a show that I didn't mention was uh, Damages. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I worked on Damages uh, with um, the Todd and Glenn Kessler and Daniel Zillman, who are the creators of Bloodline. So they uh, they are the ones that brought me in. Ah, I see. Okay. How were you approaching the music for, for uh, Bloodline? Where do you kind of start when you're, you're uh, looking to create music for that show? Well, first I had, a, you know, a, a pretty like long conversations with uh, Todd Kessler and the other creators of the show. Um, and we talked about general ideas about the story and about characters. And then specifically, specific to music, we discussed maybe instrumentation and size and what we wanted to feel from the music, how we wanted it to function in the piece. Um, So uh, I started exploring sort of sounds and sort of ideas that might make you feel geographically connected. This show takes place in the Florida Keys. It's sticky, it's humid, it's sweaty, it's hot, it's dirty, it's grimy. Uh, And so we wanted to we wanted to feel that in the music somehow how do you get um sticky hot and sweaty (laughs) to come across in the music well i mean um i having grown up on the east coast i know what humidity is and uh (laughs) you know multiply it out um you know it's just like i really wanted the music to just feel very uncomfortable very unsettling and sort of gnawing there's a tremendous amount of paranoia there's a tremendous amount of misplaced memory and and in in the show, and um, there's sort of a haunting quality to a lot of the memories that the main characters have, uh, as well as a really you know aggressively dangerous memory that they have of certain elements of their lives. So find that somehow, um, and that's sort of how I went went about doing it. I, I used water metal and industrial sounds that you might hear in a boatyard, which is one of the locations for uh, Kevin, one of the main characters in the show. Um, And sort of some more um, visceral sort of childlike elements uh, for Sally and the mom's memory of her kids, specifically Danny. And um, also for um, Nolan, 
who's Danny's son, his memory of his father and uh, what it was like growing up for him. It's interesting you mentioning kind of using using water in it because you're also involved in another show which which is heavily water based in The Last Ship. That's true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, they're different beasts. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, I was going to say, do you do you find yourself using using odd things like like water to to make music in that show, or is that um, not really appropriate for the the type of show it is? I think you know, I always try to find new and different and sort of unexpected elements, no matter what the score is. I think the jumping off point for that show is a little different than the jumping off point for Bloodline, insofar as. The last ship has a little has you know it's it's procedural and the idea that we're on a mission, yeah, every week, and we're trying to get closer to something, but because of that, you're scoring sort of sort of more of the action, more of the tension, more of the literal uh, story that's happening on screen to picture, which doesn't exclude the idea of bringing in odd elements, but there is a certain level of um, familiarity we want the audience to have with the music so that it doesn't distract from the action at hand and it just drives in, propels it forward with a show like bloodline. That's a little bit more character driven, you know, from the outset and a little more psychological, the jumping off point is, is one where maybe you, you'd kind of take risks initially and then you sort of pull it back to modulate the level of uh, discomfort or unfamiliarity the viewer can have. For the last ship, it's like you want to start with something that people feel like they know. And then from that point, you know, you can start making changes and making some odd and interesting decisions, which we've done <laughs> this year in um, in the last ship, too. I mean, we've traveled to Asia and we've sort of done some more out there sounds and instruments and stuff that might be not not as you know traditional. That's back for its third season, isn't yes. it now? So uh, yeah. he's. I don't know whether that's. I don't think it's airing here yet. Is it airing over there yet? No, it starts in a few weeks here, so I'm sure it'll be like on the heels of like a month or two behind or something. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly of the airing schedule. Yeah, I am looking forward to that coming back. You also uh, you do work on Rizzolian Isles as well. Yes, yes, which is coming for its final season as yes. well. That's June seventh and so. final season. Yes, which is uh, a great show. Um, no, it's a fun one. You know, it's yeah. like uh, I feel really lucky to have been on some shows that have gone pretty far, you know, and it's uh, great people, really entertaining show. And, uh, you know, it's been a ride. It's been fun. So you've, you've got that, which is, is now, um, uh, going, you've got NCIS LA as well. Are you still working on that? No, I didn't do the score. I just did, I did a few episodes the first season and okay. sort of got it set up. And then, um, my, and then I, I wrote the main theme for that show. Ah, then, right. You okay. know, some of the themes and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't I do not uh, do that show on a daily basis yeah. or weekly basis. Yeah. Um, Hollywood's just come out of, of its sort of pilot madness season. Did, uh -huh. you, did you get roped into any pilots this year? Um, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. That's... I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I, I don't want to comment either way. I mean, pilots, are it's tough. It's a hard time. Yeah. Year, so. Yeah. I was very busy with other projects, so I was kind of like, you know, often now, uh, if my friends or people I know or have worked with are working on something, you know, then it's I can't say no. But generally speaking, it's it can be a real it can be a real uh, <laughs> exercise in uh, futility and patience. Yes, yeah, I'm 
I'm well aware of that. Having spoken to to a few of you guys this year that have have got roped into those sort of things, it, it's. And I also spoke to a production designer who had worked on a pilot, um, and so, actually, very very luckily it got picked up. But you know, it's it is one of those things where you you know, you, you can absolutely kill yourself for weeks for, and weeks and weeks. Just well, you do, you do. I mean, that's the thing. It's it's never easy, uh, and. Um, yeah it's challenging (laughs) yeah yeah no i i don't blame you for for uh, managing to stay out of that (laughs) i'm trying to say it as diplomatically as possible (laughs) yes you know you don't want someone to be like oh he won't do a pilot but it's just you know network pilots are it's really tough yeah yeah because they're always last minute the music's probably the last thing they think of out of everything and well, it's the last thing they think of, and then it's what they expect to save everything that hasn't gone right before. Yeah. Um, when people start panicking, they yeah. start focusing on the music. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. No, I, I entirely get that. Yeah. Um, so what are you working on right now? Is it, is it just Bloodlines or? No, well, Bloodline I finished uh, right now, literally when you when we connected and you said, oh, I hear something. That was <laughs> on the last ship at this moment. And then Rizzoli and Isles and Major Crimes are both in production as well right now. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so you are definitely keeping busy. <laughs> uh, yeah, always. Yeah, definitely. A <laughs> um, few more general questions. What inspired you to become a composer in the first place? You know, it's just something that I wasn't exactly sure what I where I wanted to land in music. Did I want to be uh, writing songs and producing songs or working in TV and film? And, you know, I tried... I was doing songs and then I tried film and it was always something I really loved and really connected with, you know, as a fan and then started doing it and it felt very natural. Like it's something that just came very, I wouldn't say easy cause nothing's easy, but it's just, <laughs> it, it felt intuitive, you know? Yeah. yeah. Or, or and it was re- rewarding in this, in that way, uh, in the sense that, you know, felt like, Oh, you know, I mean, I got, I got excited about it. Yeah. Sure. Every time I come to to Google you, I always stumble across there's a, a conductor that, that's James, oh, James Levine. Fine. Yeah, the, the director of the Metropolitan Opera. I know, isn't that funny? <laughs> no, total coincidence, by the way. Yeah. 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 Very it, yeah. It's 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 very weird. It's you know, uh, which I notice you you when you put your stuff out professionally, you stick the S in the middle of the name. So I usually do. Yeah, just it's safer. You know what I mean? To confusion. <laughs> Um, have you got any favorite pieces of your music that you've written for shows? Is there one particular one that sticks out? I don't know. I have, you know, there's a few different pieces that come to mind. I mean, I think every show like probably has a few pieces that I'm like, that stand out to me. There was a piece that I wrote for the pilot of the closer, which was like wound up being a pretty seminal piece throughout the season with vocalists and sort of Southern slide guitar and ambient drums. And that was a really, that's a favorite. Um, There's a theme in damages that came around episode eight of the first season. That's like a piano idea for Ellen. And it was this very cathartic, natural development. We had never had piano. And then she has this moment and I needed something different. And it was sort of a, you know, 2 a.m. idea that worked out very nicely. <laughs> what else? Uh, Rachel's theme from Glee. Right. You know, some of those themes are just iconic now. Uh, what else? Gosh. I mean, from Bloodline, there's a, a piece where Nolan is sneaking around John's house in the middle of episode one of the second season. That's pretty interesting. 
and very simple and spare. You know, there's a handful. I move on so quickly, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm not precious about it, but like there's certain ones you go back to and you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, yeah. I think some of the last ship stuff from last season was amazing. American Horror Story. I think there are some themes in season two that really stand out to me as being very strong. Yeah. And season one. Uh, yeah. The Moira theme from season one was really strong. And then there's themes. from. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, <laughs> you just become attached to them. I don't know. They're all my, you know, they're all my things. They're all part of me. Yeah. They, they become like your children. <laughs> they are. Exactly. It's like, give, tell me your favorite child. But, you know, that's a really, you can't ask a parent that question. <laughs> you can, but they probably went honestly answer. Yeah. I mean, someone watches this interview and is like, what the hell? He didn't say, a theme he didn't say something for my show <laughs> yeah you know, so. <laughs> yeah you don't want to get any trouble <laughs> um so rather than your shows uh, do you get chance to um you know if you're relaxing do you listen to to other people's music w- what mm-hmm. sort of stuff uh have you got any musical rec- recommendations of things that you're really into right now gosh uh what am i really into I mean, I watch, I'm like, I watch the Nick and I watch Homeland. Those are the two, for some reason, those are the two shows that I love to watch on TV. And (laughs) I love the scores for both of those Um, film scores. I really like what Junkie XL is doing right now. It's very good. Like just super tight. Um, This piano player, Corey Henry plays with this band Snarky Puppy. He's an organist and and I love his playing and I love listening to him. Great name for a band. <laughs> yeah. And then um, you know, I listen to a lot of pop music, so I I'm just listening to stuff all the time. Yeah. yeah. I really loved the score for Sicario last year. It was one of those scores that I heard it and I was like, huh. And then I watched the movie and I totally got it. And I think that that's really great. <laughs> you know, that's great when that happens. And then I was a huge fan. That's kind that's- of interesting that that the music didn't get it to cross on its own, but then, you know when you see it in situ it works that's how it works you know it doesn't usually work that way either you know it is interesting it was very interesting for me it was cool because I don't think I've ever I don't think I've ever had that I mean I've been surprised I've liked the music and then seen it against picture and be like oh that's cool I get it but not to the extent that it was like wow that is really effective you know really good awesome yeah a couple of last questions what are you doing next is it just kind of more of this sort of stuff have you got any new things coming up right now it's just this you know and hopefully bloodline goes another season that would be great um so yeah this is my summer schedule (laughs) i'm sticking to it it's plenty it's plenty good and um you mentioned a couple of shows you're watching at the moment. Is there, there any other other TV shows you, you tend to kind of go to when you want to wind down? I mean, those are the two that I like really watch, you know, yeah. when they come out. And then other shows, you know, I want to watch Peaky Blinders. I, you know, I want to catch up on Game of Thrones, you know, those kinds of shows. <laughs> you know. But yeah, but those two I am like committed to. Yeah, like, um, yeah. Game of Thrones is awesome this season. Yeah. Pinky Blinders is good this season as well. Yeah. Um, in terms of the score, is there a, a show out there you'd like to get your hands on with no disrespect to whoever's composing for it at the moment? Is there a show out there that you would like to get your hands on? Hmm. That's a tough one. I don't know. I mean, I, I think that I like doing sort of psychological thrillers. So um, I thought the score for American Crime on the ABC show, the John Ridley show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is incredible. I mean, I'd love to do a show, a show like that. Yeah. Well, I'd love to do something like that. Well, there's that a, was really amazing. There's really good. A, there's a few um, true crime things starting to kind of emerge after yeah. uh, after the true crime stuff started to sort of 
you know take over and stuff so, yeah exactly so yeah that that might be uh that might be something that comes your way soon <laughs> yeah Exactly. I, I know this is CSI, not NCIS, but I'm sure, I'm sure the there's a CSI true crime coming. I heard. Oh, so, yeah. Really? Apparently, must, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, some way of bringing the franchise back now they've killed off all the shares. Yeah. <laughs> Find a way to give it new life, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's always the way. There's a million. If you like time travel shows, there's a million time travel shows coming this season as well. I know, right? There's like a glut of those, and yeah. yeah it's it, it's funny how you get how it, it sort of ends up like that. It's it's weird. Um, all right. Well, I mean, I'll, I will let you get back to where uh, to work and uh, finishing off your score for. Was it the last ship you said you were on? At the yeah, moment? I'm doing Q for the end of episode 306. Okay. Right now, is it good? Is the series looking oh, it's great. good? Yeah, <laughs> season's great. Yeah, it's yeah. fun, super fun. It's fast. It moves. Tons of great action. It's awesome. Cool. All right, yeah. I look forward to seeing that when it comes out over here. Um, thanks for coming on. Um, Thank love you so it much. To talk to you again. You too. Good All to right. see you. Cheers. Bye. Bye. So that was the interview with James Devine. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, now we have some air date updates for you. Air date update. <laughs> it's very silly. <laughs> right. How dare you. <laughs> <laughs> Air date information this week. Uh, start off, we've got a couple of cancellations, um, which I don't know whether you, you're aware of these before, but Penny Dreadful, which I think actually finishes tonight on Sky, but has already just finished in the US. Uh, then the creator of the show announced that season three was going to be its last. So um, have you been watching any of those? I've, wa- I've, I've dipped in and out of it. I wanted to, to binge it, actually. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, I think I did, I did all of season one and then, I don't know, just lost track of it in season two. So I might have to go back and, and just binge my way through it. Now I know that it has an ending. So, yeah, because yeah, he says he sort of planned it as a three season arc so at least it's actually got finished um also announced coming to an end was orphan black which said that it's got a fifth and that will be its final season as well uh i know chris is a huge fan of this show i don't know whether we you've been watching these i haven't but I've, i know the concept and it sounds absolutely amazing to be honest now that i know that it's coming to an end yeah. that gives me like binge fodder <laughs> yeah i mean it airs on netflix over here um so because the first couple of seasons went out on BBC three and then I mean, it's a BBC America show, um, but they obviously make money out of selling it to to Netflix. So uh, that's what they've done. It's out on uh, on Netflix now for season four and then season five will be its final season. I've I've said numerous times how uh, Tatiana Malazzi hasn't won a Golden Globe for that performance is beyond me because she plays multiple roles he's basically in every single scene of the show playing various characters convincingly you have you really don't think of of her being the same actress in one role as she is in another it's it's a phenomenal performance and uh i really hope that if it's coming to an end they actually give her the award this time yeah like finally (laughs) yeah because you know it's going to be the last chance when the fifth season comes out so i really hope they give it to her at that point Renewals, we've got two renewals. Uh, ben Elton's Upstart Crow has been renewed for a second series. Uh, I don't know whether you caught any of those. No, I didn't. Okay, that's... it's you, You're aware of Blackadder, obviously. Yeah. It, it's basically Blackadder, but with David Mitchell playing Shakespeare 
in the sort oh, of God. lead role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about these. I have them downloaded on my iPad from iPlayer. I just need to watch them. Right. That has been commissioned for a second season because it was commissioned as a special thing to go out as part of their Shakespeare season, but it apparently has been doing so well that they've decided to bring it back for another season. So Amazing. Uh, so that's back. And after a five-year break, Curb Your Enthusiasm has got a Series 9. I'm so excited about this, though. <laughs> I'm such a big fan of Larry David. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm quite glad that's coming back as well. That should be really good. It's uh, a very, very funny. Very, I mean, it's kind of watched through your hands like The Office, sort of <laughs> cringeworthy funny, but it is brilliant. Um, so those are cancellation from renewals. Air date changes. Uh, Sky Atlantic this week released the first trailer for The Young Pope, which it stars Jude Law as Lenny Bellardo, who is the first American Pope in history. And that's been trailered as coming soon, but I don't have an exact date for it yet. So hopefully that will come up. Yeah, the trailer looked absolutely insane. Yeah, it did. I'm I'm looking forward to that. I think it yeah, could be it quite looks good. good. There was no change actually which was for living in the dead which i think we announced last week was coming on the 28th of june it is still coming to bbc one on the 28th of june but um if you've got access to iplayer it's all up there right now they 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 dumped the whole thing on the 17th of june they dumped everything onto as a box set basically onto the iplayer so um so yeah uh, that's the show that stars Colin Morgan and Charlotte Spencer um, and it's sort of a supernatural ghost story kind of thing but yeah so if if you fancy watching that you can binge watch your way through the the, the whole of that on, on iPlayer right now a couple of new dates uh, there is a new comedy called Wasted coming to E4 at some point in July don't know exactly when yet but um, I'm talking to all the stars of it this week but it's it's basically a, a about a, a group of people growing up in a little west country village and sort of wasting their life away it's a group of four friends <laughs> One of them is a um, has a sort of overactive imagination and has Sean Bean as his spirit guide. <laughs> and uh, sort of in full Westerosian kind of gear. Um, oh my gosh. But, but that sounds pl- so up my street. That sounds amazing. Yeah, and um and it do they do actually have Sean Bean playing <laughs> playing this sort of spirit guide version of Sean Bean in a comedy it's I've seen the first couple of episodes it's very 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 funny so uh that we want to watch out for and uh, we'll have an interview with the cast of that in the next couple of weeks so um yeah look out for that Ray Donovan season four coming back to Sky Atlantic on the 4th of July at 9 p.m so that's one I'm very much looking forward to um Mysterious is season four coming on the 13th of July at 10 p.m. So I know there's a few fans of that out there. Um, Devious Maids, the Desperate Housewives spin off, comes on the 25th of July at 10 p.m. Here's a big one Pretty Little Liars season seven. That comes on the 22nd of June to Netflix. So, um, that's actually tomorrow that arrives. So that that's uh, I know there's a lot of people been waiting for that to come back. Younger season two comes to Sony. Uh, that's about a 40 year old who tries to reboot his career by trend, uh, pretending to be 26. That's <laughs> on the 27th of July at 9 p.m. That arrives. Power is uh, that's the 50 cent series that's coming to Netflix for its third season. One or two I think went on on the 1st of April. Uh, season three of that starts on the 18th of. 
July. Don't have an exact date for this, but uh, keep an eye out. Justified Season 6, if you've missed it and, and are trying to catch up with it, because it, I think it ran on Sky On Demand, having run on five previously. Uh, but Season 6 of that is coming to spike in July at some point, but I don't have the exact date for that yet. Nashville season four coming the 22nd of August that's arriving on Sky Living and as we said last week also already renewed for a fifth season as well so and and having been picked up by a new network so there's that Uh, Rizzoli and Isles seventh and final season comes to Alibi on 24th of August at 9pm Westworld as we were talking about earlier uh, comes on at some point in October well that's the US air date we're assuming I think that Sky Atlantic are going to run it the the same that they do Game of Thrones so it will probably go out at like 2 o'clock in the morning and then you know 9 o'clock at night the next day so uh, it sounds like they're going to run it like that and um, Troll Hunters which was the uh, Camito del Toro um, animated series which is about uh, a family that basically lives in a town and they discover that there's good and evil trolls um, living underneath and there's a big war going on as, as we said before that's due in no in december but that may end up shifting uh, due to the death we were talking about earlier so um not sure about that at the moment next week on tv we have uh, two broke girls returns for its fifth season on a4 that's on 21st of june at 8 p.m i've kind of really lost track of that series now yeah i mean i do just dip in and out of it to be honest it's like a big bang theory type of not uh yeah in and out when it's on rather than a sit down and yeah it is that sort of show yeah Yeah. you can sort of do that with it uh there's a polish drama called the border starting on channel four at 10 p.m um it's about human trafficking i think they may only be showing the first episode on there and then it's going on to the streaming service so uh but that's one to look out for uh pretty little liars as you mentioned that starts tomorrow on uh, netflix uh, for season seven and um, another one on the streaming service um, American Gothic starts on the 23rd of June that's coming to Amazon Prime and that's about an affluent Boston family called the Hawthorns who discover shocking secrets from their past and present re- reveal that one of the members of their family may be linked to a bunch of grisly murders and maybe a serial killer uh, and then Wentworth Prison Channel 5 27th of June at 10pm that's back and that's everything for this week Ew. so lots of stuff to get done I mean we always say there's not that much TV around at the moment but you know if you've got some streaming streaming services there are definitely things out there to watch right now yeah definitely so if you uh, want more information and uh, news throughout the week you can come to geektown.co.uk and see all the latest air date info and all the latest news as it comes in day, uh, daily uh, you can get in touch with your questions and comments by emailing podcast at geektown.co.uk or leave a message on the website post you can find us at geektown on twitter or on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown or on instagram at geektown uk that's everything we shall see you next week bye-bye. bye bye Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Oh, <laughs> 